My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me for the first time as podcast producer is Emma Gahan. Hello. Hello, Pilar. Speak louder, my dear. (laughs) Everybody has to hear you. I am very excited to be here. If you hear some rustling noises, that's probably me doing a little happy dance in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Emma has uh, sounds so beautiful because she is beautiful, but also I am in London right now and I have the pleasure of teaching here through the organization, the London Screenwriter. Festival, and I'm doing a two-day first draft class. Um, Emma has been a student and client of mine for a long time and a friend, and I asked her to produce this because we're doing it on our little Zoom in the large conference hall um, here at the LSF, and so if you hear some rustling, that's what's going on. As my guest today, um, we are picking Judy Goldberg. Hello, Judy. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're quite welcome. What an honor. No, it's good good to have you here. Judy Judy runs this whole thing. I should tell everybody that right now. Judy runs the London Screenwriters Festival along with Chris Jones, and um, she is the person constantly on email with me, tending to my every high-maintenance need. Um, Such a diva. (laughs) So let's start with talking about the organization and also your background as uh, as a filmmaker. Okay. Cool. Well, um, what do you want to do first? The Uh, LSF, or how did I come to the LSF? Yeah, how did you come to the LSF? I I started many years ago. um, I started in cable TV, actually, doing graphics and vision mixing. um, And then I quickly moved into production, music videos, and commercials. And I kind of broke through that door by literally opening up the phone book. And there used to be a section called TV and film production uh, before the internet Mm -hmm. um, made things easier. But I literally just went through the phone book and called up everyone and said, have you got a job? And I got to G, and I got to a film uh, company called Gravity, who made music videos. And they said, yes, we need someone to come and be an office manager and and get some experience on set whenever we have a job. So I went to work for them for a year, and that's where I kind of got my production experience. Um, Went freelance for for a long time, but I always wanted to work in film. So every time I had a day off, I would send my CV out to, uh, to film companies. And eventually, I went to become a. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I went to. I joined a company called Impact Pictures, who are the guys that make the Resident Evil movies. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with them for about four years. They took me out to LA for another four years. And I just got. I was too busy being an assistant. I wanted to be more creative. So I gave it all up and I found Chris and. The rest is history. <laughs> okay, so, so what history were. came about when you met Chris? Um, how did that start? I had written a script 
that I wanted him to direct. Um, he was on an Oscar run for Gone Fishing, uh, a beautiful little short. I saw it. You yeah. made me cry, bastard. I know. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Every time I see it now, even 25,000 times later. Yeah. I am... Um, I'm getting all nervous talking to you, You're Peter. getting nervous? Why? I, know, I don't know. I it's, get all nervous, I get nervous like this. Well, first of all, you have to, you have to push closer to the microphone. Oh. That's what I need. Can we get Judy Goldberg a drink? Of Scotch. Vodka. Something vodka. Scotch okay, seriously, you have to get closer. Um, no, Chris had okay. done this beautiful short, and I knew that he was on an Oscar run. Mm-hmm. And we had a mutual friend who had edited it. Uh-huh. So I got in touch with him, and he put us together, and I sent Chris my script. And he said, yeah, I'd love to do it. Cool. And we started talking, and nothing really happened with that. It was too much of a drama, and, and no one really wanted to go near drama at the time. But we just started talking about other stuff, and... I made the move to come and join him and we started collaborating on different projects and trying to pay the bills with live events. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, it's cool. And That's then tell me about, well, what happened with, with the London Screenwriters Festival? Like, how did that come about and why did you see a need to, for, for, to have it in the community? Um, well, Chris had, been, Chris had been a speaker at the Cheltenham film, uh, Cheltenham. Did you ever hear of that? Did you ever play with them? No, I haven't oh, played okay. with them, but I played with you guys, so that's cool. They were, they were a big, big screenwriting festival. They had lots of government money and were privately funded. And they kind of went down the year that Chris did a keynote speech for them mm-hmm. because there was lots of cutbacks. They lost all their funding and they went down. And we just decided to, not we particularly, but... Um, some people came to Chris and said, we think we'd like to do this in London. There's a gap in the market now. So would you like to be the creative director? And <clears throat> excuse me. It's an incredible conference. I love speaking at it. I love working with you guys on it. There's you know, speakers here that um, when I was here the first year, it was Simon Beaufoy and uh, Mike Lee. Yeah. Uh, you had Joe Esterhaus last, last year, which was really fun. What an animal. <laughs> and this year it's going to happen again. <laughs> A, a beautiful teddy bear, animal. A teddy bear. <laughs> and so that's going to happen again in October. Everybody should know that if you're planning a trip to London or if you are a London native, you should definitely sign up and sign up yeah. now because you guys actually run out of tickets. We're, we're about 70% sold out already. Oh, my God. Six months to go. All right. Jump yeah. on it. Jump we're on gonna, it. And we're going to be spilling out of these walls. Wonderful. Onto the lawns again. Yeah. But another reason I wanted to talk to you is is about the, the movie projects that you're personally working on. There's one that you're working on right now called Be Heard. Yeah. And it's a short. Yeah. But there's, uh, there's such an interesting background to it. And I was wondering if you could tell people a little bit about it. Yeah, I was, I was challenged. I was doing another course. Um, it's part of a bigger course called um, the Self-Expression and Leadership Program for a, an organization called Landmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to create a community project. And I was working on something around um, the elderly, and it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. I was very passionate about it, but it just wasn't, something wasn't clicking for me. And then... Um, Long story short, I did some personal work, and then I came up with this, this... I had this kind of epiphany about what I really needed to do, which was to create this short film that was going to be written by, acted in, directed, edited, produced, everything by survivors of abuse. 
to give them, to provide this kind of collaborative learning experience for them under the mentorship of industry professionals. And hopefully to give them an opportunity as well outside the project to further their own careers if they wanted to explore that further. Um, so we kind of created a little competition and got about 30 entries of short scripts by survivors of abuse. Um, that, must have been, that must have been painful to read. It, they really were. There was, yeah. Yeah. And did you yeah. read all of them? I did, yeah. And, and the vodka came out again? The vodka, I, there wasn't enough. Uh. No, it was, I'm, I'm joking, but it was, uh, it, there, there were some tough reads. Mm. And people went through a lot to put it down. And, and we had a real responsibility to, a real duty of care as well to, to everyone that was um, participating. Um, and then we did a crowdfunding campaign beyond that to raise funds. We raised about £3,000 to shoot the film. We shot over a weekend, had about a group of about 12 survivors, I think, that came along in the end that were on set with us. And they all kind of, they got a, a bit of time with everyone, really. We had a full professional crew who all worked for free. And we've created a really sweet little film out of it. We've, it's being composed at the moment, the music. We're waiting on that to, to finish. Um, and I'm hoping to screen a BAFTA at the end of July. Wonderful. Now, how long is it all together? It's eight minutes. And is it, minutes. so is it, is it one script that you picked or is it a series it of scripts? It was one script. Okay. Yeah. And, and what was it about the script that made it stand out uh, above the others? Because I'm sure that everybody's experience was equally poignant and powerful, but what about the actual craft of the script that, that got you? Well, to be honest, Pilar, that, that part was because we had a, a panel of judges, mm -hmm. um, industry judges. We had, um, Barbara Mackin, you might have uh, met in the halls here at the festival. She wrote Waking the Dead, created Waking the Dead, and has worked on Casualty and a lot of the British um, TV over here. We had Gareth Unwin, who produced The King's Speech, mm -hmm. another producer, who a uh, big English TV over here. Um, we handed them over to them. We, we whittled them down to five, mm -hmm. and that was um, my script editor, Lucy Hay. Mm -hmm. um, she and her team of readers... Um, went through their process of, of uh, ranking, let's say. And we got them down to five, and then the judges picked their favourite. Um, and they all had really favourable comments about all of them, but one of them was very much like a PSA. It was very, you know, we didn't want to go with that. We wanted a, a traditional drama, a, a narrative. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so it's it's... I do enjoy the script. It, it, it was... Actually, no, it wasn't my favourite. There was another one that, I, that, that had just pipped it to the post for me for, for my own personal reasons, but uh, we, we just went with the judge's choice overall. Now, you said, okay, so, so you crowdfunded it completely. Yeah. You have your script. Then you also mentioned that the people participating would also, also direct it as well, or did you have a director? We had a director, mm -hmm. a wonderful lady called Kathy Arton. Mm -hmm. um, she's, uh, she's done a lot of casting in her past, but does direct as well. And everyone involved had in some way been touched by abuse themselves. I have, um, she had, she was very, very engaged with the project. Um, so we did have the professionals in the professional roles, um, but she had one of our team of survivors that shadowed her at every step. 
along the way in casting and pre-production all the way through. Yeah. And um, when no, the, the script has been shot. Everything's been yes. shot. Um, and now you're in the editing process of it. We've locked picture. Okay. Um, and yeah, the composer is is off doing her creative composing business. She also wants to to start a, a crowdfunding campaign to fund the production of the music because she's going to get a full orchestra. Now you mentioned you mentioned something about the the music and the composer and her own personal yeah. Uh, connection yeah, with she, the subject matter. She came to me. There was a very very high profile case last year around a um, a music a a one a music school in the north of England, and there was lots of allegations about sexual abuse from the the teachers and onto the students. And one of the ladies who had um, presented these allegations sadly took her own life while she was being, she was going through the process of giving evidence. Oh, that sucks. And she was, it's, it's well known, she was, during the process, the uh, defendant, I suppose the, I don't know what they call the prosecutor, had mm -hmm. accused her of making up a pack of lies. She wasn't given the proper support. And she took her own life, and it was the day before the guilty verdict came in, and the guy was sent down. He's currently in prison. Um, and it became, obviously, even more high profile. Wow. So she is a very good friend. The composer is a very good friend. They, their mothers were best friends, and they, she grew up together with this, this very talented woman, violinist, Fran, and um, I never get the name... Andrade. Francis Andrade. Yes. And um, so she has that personal connection. That's what drew her to the project. And she's now, she's very close with the husband of Fran and a lot of her Fran's old students, and, and they're going to come along and play on the music as well. So this, this eight-minute short, yeah. um, as far as its literal ties to organizations um, that might help, abuse victims do you yeah. have anything like that i mean you, you mentioned that you know it's it's going to be at film festivals yeah. so people are going to see it and hopefully they'll leave changed and do yeah. something about it but do you have any any connections to organizations we don't have an official connection we have received um i say sponsorship the big issue foundation over here mm -hmm. um offered offered some help and have expressed an interest in selling the film on their online store mm -hmm. when it's complete. Obviously, any proceeds that went, because it's a non-profit venture, this, so any proceeds would go straight back into their charity. Um, NAPAC is another organization over here. It's um, the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. Um, and they're, they're quite small compared to something like Childline or the NSPCC, but they're growing and they're very passionate and they've they've offered me a lot of help along the way just in terms of social media and and blasting out to their community what would you like what, what would be the the ultimate victory for you with this the ultimate the ultimate aim was to get it into schools yeah the the project is called be heard um and it's it, it the epiphany i had that day at five o'clock in the morning around it was that it's not enough just to speak up these people need to be heard a lot of the time as with with the violinist lady you know she was the victim was um 
the abusers are protected and the victims are discredited. So, so the, the victims are victimized all yes, over again. Exactly. And that was, that was my experience. You know, when I, when I spoke up about the abuse in my childhood, nothing really happened. And that's, that's not in a, I'm not saying that in a bitter or sort of a way. It was just I was expecting the reason I kept quiet is because I thought it was going to pull my family apart. It was all going to be terrible. And, and who wants to go through that? and be the person that instigates that. So when I finally did say something, after living with that fear, and for nothing to happen, it was like, oh, oh, okay. And I think that's just far too common a story. For whatever reason, these, these kids, when they speak up, or even the grown-ups, when they, when they speak up after years of repressed um, experiences, they it just nothing happens. It's It's... Yes, we need to be heard. The people who are being entrusted with this information need to be take the appropriate action and provide the appropriate support. Um, and it's, it doesn't happen often enough. Now, if people wanted to check out the film or financially support it or just lend their emotional support to it, how would they go about doing that? Um, we have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. which is um, growing by the minute, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash be heard film uh, at be heard film on Twitter and um, we are developing a website currently but uh, it's not quite ready yet Excellent. and that will be be heard film.com okay all right let's go to a slight something slightly lighter okay, okay. Go for and it. we're gonna go to um, your other movie or another movie that you've worked yes. on with Chris yes. called 50 kisses which is also collaborative before we go into it though Emma would you like a, a chair I feel bad You're just, yeah I can't do my happy dance in the chair Pilar. she can't do her I'm waiting for this happy dance, dance. <laughs> it's been a long time coming <laughs> Okay. All right. As long as you're cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so, so, Judy, tell me a little bit about Fifty Kisses. Okay. Fifty Kisses was a venture that came forth out of the mind of Chris Jones. And over that is there. quite a mind over there. It is. I mean, there's a lot comes out of that mind, and it's just about catching those gems. But uh, he he'd noticed at the festival and within his own community, which is he has a, a big tribe, a large tribe of, of filmmakers from the Guerrilla Filmmakers Handbooks. Um, and with the Screenwriters Festival, he just noticed there was this big disconnect between writers and filmmakers. Now, when we say filmmakers in the States, I, I've noticed that there's sort of a different definition versus what you guys are saying with filmmakers. Okay. I, I'm, I'm wondering if filmmaker means producer out here, or does it mean director, somebody who actually... I think it means, I would think, more of a director. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so you're talking about filmmakers being the directors who actually can make the film. Yeah. Got it. So a disconnect between the writers and, no. and the local filmmakers or yes. the directors. Got it. Exactly. Anyone with aspirations to make a film. And there are many, but they, they just, that tribe of people weren't talking and connecting with that tribe of people. Mm-hmm. And it seemed a really silly thing because they could help each other and, and get stuff produced. So this is what drove the idea. And, um, okay, how did it, it, what it was, was uh, we started a scriptwriting competition put that out into the screenwriting community it was to write a two-page script that had to feature a kiss 
or multiple kisses and be set on Valentine's Day. It was free to enter. Um, we received 2,000 entries. 2,000? That's around, a lot of kisses. That's uh, a lot of kisses in some strange places. They weren't, <laughs> they weren't always kisses on the lips. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so 2,000 entries from around the world. Um, we had a team of readers spend a long time working through them all. And we narrowed that down to 50. Um, what we did is that we then, Chris had built a website by then. He posted all of the scripts online. So, and, and we encouraged all the writers, even the people that, that weren't selected in that, that shortlist there, to feedback on the scripts. So there's a collaborative process. Did, did that always work there. out positively? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about that. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that there were a lot of writers, particularly, actually, it would be young new and old that, that weren't too receptive to the notes mm. let's say but overall it was it was a success and people enjoyed it and there was a rating as well so we could see um, which were the most popular um, and then we we worked with them our team of people worked with the writers personally and encouraged them to, to produce a further draft mm-hmm um, most of them did, probably about 95% came up with a second draft. They were posted, more, more comments in collaboration, and then we released them out into the filmmaking community and said, pick one of these scripts. Pick more, if you like, but you, you, this is the challenge. Pick, pitch whichever is your favorite script or the most producible and go make it and then send it to us by this wow. With the, the filmmakers you were sending to, were they all produced filmmakers or were they amateur? Or? It was a mishmash of, of everything, <laughs> really. Wow. Yeah, some first-timers, some people with, you know, with people working on high-profile TV shows and movies and things over here that decided they had some free time, let's go do this. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And so they would say, I want this one, and then they'd go off and make it. How, yeah. Did you give them a deadline? Yes, yes. I forget what the deadline was. I think they probably had about two months okay. to come out there and make it. And did you have any kind of um, a standards for it has to be shot on this kind of film? or Nope. Wow. Wow, nope. so it could be any, any style, any, any kind of film, anything yeah, that they wanted. Yeah, we have things coming back on all sorts of formats. That's why the post took us so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we, we just we encourage people not to make them 20 minutes long. Right. Out of a two, out of a two, page, a two page which somebody could uh, somebody did oh no yeah. way yeah there was, there was oh god I don't think there was one film that wasn't in any at some point mm-hmm. cut or just trimmed at what was the was average some, length I mean two two pages one thinks two minutes but you're right it could yeah. it could stretch or it could be thirty seconds with two pages yeah there was there was I don't think there were any that were under two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the longest, I think, was around eight or nine. Okay. And um, the average, I would say, was about four, four or five. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think made it longer? I'm, I'm just curious because you, we've got a lot of writers who are listening and they think a minute per page. Well, yeah. wait a minute. How, how could it make my script longer to, you know, what, what's fattening it up? Is it, the, is it the, the choices of the director or did they go off script? I, I think it was that. It was the choices of the director and, and, and experience. Mm. Oh, so you feel like yeah. sometimes it was sort of a lagging pace? Yeah. 
Ah, so you would have preferred if it was shorter, if it was sort of meeting the pace of the page. Absolutely, absolutely. And Chris, Chris is, is, is the biggest advocate for less is more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If he can cut it, he'll cut it. So does that mean that now you guys have had, um, when, it, when it went back to you, let's say it was a four-minute piece, and you felt like now it really would be better at two, yeah. did you go in and do that editing, or was that now on them as the production team? Uh, we did, uh, again, because once they submitted, they were all uploaded. Mm-hmm. I think it was one or two who declined because they decided they were going to uh, submit to festivals. But the majority of the films, out of 137 that we received, went online. And, again, the community fed back. Oh, um, oh I see. So we're only at 100. I mean, we're, we're at as many as 137. We're not yeah. at our 50 yet. No. Got it, got yeah. it, got it. Yeah, so they, uh, the, the community fed back, and, and then we gave our notes as well, and that was all public. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, they could agree or disagree or, or go in a completely different direction. Um, and I think that Chris might correct me on this, but I'm, I'm fairly sure that at least 90% of them did come back with a second cut. Nice. And they, they were all online as well. And then from those second cuts... There was work done then by our editing team as well because they were still too long. He'll cut, he'll, yeah. Chris will just. Chris is a hands over there. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's an editor by trade as well, so he's, he's got a real editorial head. Got it. About Which is great. I think yeah. with something this vast, you really need that kind of yeah. an eye. Yeah. Um, so this whole process. You had to be so organized. Now, I know from working with you, you are. <laughs> was this all on you? Were you the person handling all these people and all these submissions? Um, no, I was, I was actually, unfortunately, my mum got quite sick during, this is why the whole thing took two years instead of a year. It could be, it could be done in a year. But my mum got sick, and I had to step out of the process for um, about three months to care for her. And in my absence, have you met Gail, one of the team? Yeah, yeah. Gail did a lot of the production, the hard graft on the, the, the production side of things, and she's just as organized as me. I did notice that. Yeah. A, yeah, this yeah we is have a, high organizational standards here at the LSF. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I can't tell you how refreshing that is. Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> um, so with 50 Kisses, at, where is it at at this point? How can people see it? Um, 50 Kisses, uh, yeah, to, to finish off the story, we, uh, we got, actually, it's only, in their entirety, we have 24 films okay. in 50 Kisses. Got it. Um, every one of the 50 does feature at the end. They run through the end credits, and, and they are featured in some way, so we can tick that box. I see. So, so the intention was 50 films. It was going to be 50. But then probably with the length of them, you with needed the to With the length, and some of them, uh, to be fair, were, were not cinema quali- quality. Mm-hmm. And some tough choices had to be made. Along, every step along the way, though, Chris did consult with the crowd and say, um, at that point, he said, here's our problem. Some of them aren't good enough. Some of them we can't put in for... Uh, like for one of one of the films was shot on um, the underground without permission, mm. and if London Underground find out about that, then they're going to take everyone down. Ooh, how how interesting that a rights issue came came up. Did you check that with all the films? I mean, or was this something that you were you were kind of well, we, sticklers we, about? When we saw when we saw that, we just knew because London right. Underground is is notorious for, for coming down hard, especially after the the bombings. Oh, um, you know that they 
they're very tough. Got it. But um, in terms of the guidelines, we we had more of the guidelines apply to the writing side of things, not mm-hmm. necessarily the filmmaking side of things. Right. But it's just about common sense, I think. Right. You can't go and watchdog everybody and what their yeah, process was. Exactly. But if it's as blatant as uh, yeah. the tube, can't do it. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so there is, uh, yeah, there's 24 in, the, in their entirety. The, the 50 are all featured, so it does tick the box. We had a, a massive premiere in February at the Genesis Cinema in Mile End in London. Um, got about 500 people out. And that weekend, we were the highest-grossing British film at the box office. Get out, that's beating awesome. even one of the I Features films that was released the same weekend. Um, that's because we were very smart. We just released for one day and one, on one screen. Mm-hmm. But it worked. And um, we've also gone into the Guinness World Book of Records, if you can believe that, for the most screenwriters on a feature film. Ah, and what about the most kisses? No. Oh, really? <laughs> we didn't even think of kisses. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But the most screenwriters on a feature yeah. film. I love it. We had 51 because one, one of our writing part, uh, teams was a, a duo. Uh-huh. And um, the previous record was, I think, 21 by an American film from 1943. I like the fact that 50 or 51 writers were hired yeah. were working. That's exactly. terrific. Yeah. Now, how does, where does it go from here? That's a good question. We're still thinking about that. Okay. It's played in a couple of, uh, we had another screening last weekend in Birmingham on a giant old IMAX screen. Uh, so it was literally about 500 feet in the air. Um, and it's played in Edinburgh? Not the Edinburgh Festival, or in, no Inverness. Played in Scotland. It played in my hometown in Yorkshire, um, and I think that's going to be it. We did submit it to a few festivals, but now the plan is to try and get it out there onto online via Netflix or iTunes. I would, I would love to see it. I, I think it would make a great teaching tool because mm. you could look at each each short and think of the different styles the different styles of t- storytelling, yeah. writing, filmmaking. Yeah. I mean, it would be really I mean, cool. For, for a film of this type, because they do exist, you know, this kind of idea of different directors making shorts and that stitch them all together, but this is the only time I've seen a film of this type that actually works and, and the, the common thread of the kiss. It just ties everything together. And we, we go from a zombie, we open on a zombie movie and then we go into a, a, a love story and, and, and then we've got fatigue fighting lesbians and it, it just <laughs> all works and it's paced so well chris did a great job with the editors um uh, he, he mentioned walked. to me that he that you may be doing this again yes do, do you want to let people know about that or is that still um, under wraps right now i can't right now because okay. we, we haven't settled on a theme ah okay uh there's a there's a few ideas floating around there um will those be open to american writers as well absolutely all right oh hell yeah we yeah. We had a, a number of American script and film submissions. It was it was global. Is there a place that people can look for Fifty Kisses online right now? Yes, if you go to fiftykissesfilm.com, mm-hmm. um, you've got all the, the Genesis and all the scripts and all the films. The original films are there. You can watch them one by one. You just won't see them all stitched together. Got it. Um, 
and uh, yeah, we'll be updating through through that site and the London Screenwriters Festival network. Ah, so if you go well. to both of those things, you can keep an yeah. eye on maybe yeah. when the next one is. You'll know you'll know when it's happening. Okay, you, you won't be able to avoid it. Got it. I Got it. See that. Now, what you, so so these are two collaborative pro- projects that you've talked about. Yeah. What about your own personal filmmaking? Is there anything that that might just be a Judy Goldberg production? That was written and directed by you? Uh, not directed. No, I don't have any directorial aspirations. Um, I write and I produce. Um, and I'm happy. I'm happy with that. But I'm working on a project with Chris, a feature project called Rocket Boy. That's, um, it's, it's, it's one of Chris's projects from, from some years ago. And we've, I've kind of come in and we've re-energized it and... We've just finished a really, really sexy new draft. Excellent. That we're really it's the best it's ever been and part of our trip to LA and next week is to to take it out there and, and pitch the uh, pitch the socks off of that one. Yeah, you're taking meetings. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are we meeting with you? I, I, like I could do anything. <laughs> yeah. that vodka. You, you just you just met with me. Yes. Vodka <laughs> I can do. We That's sit around right. my pool. That's and the only vodka. reason I want to meet with you. That's, you got it. We yeah. watch my kids play. Yeah. Just really very glamorous. Cool. <laughs> okay. Judy, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You're so welcome. And thanks for thank having, for me, having out me out here in London. I love working with your organization. It's terrific. And I love having you here. Seriously, you're an absolute pleasure. As much as you like our organization and making it, you just make things so much easier. You get on a plane, you turn up, you teach, and everyone loves you, and it's awesome. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Um, you're very so welcome. So we've got Judy Goldberg here. Check out all of her projects. Emma, Emma, do you Where's want people dance? to follow? Yeah, she's dancing right now. Look at, look at her. Lean Woohoo! A video podcast. Okay, so mm-hmm. Emma, lean in toward your own microphone and tell everybody where they can follow you. Hi, Pilar. I am not available to be followed. <laughs> I am not a Twitch or a, what? I can't say Twitter. That's really weird. Don't do Twitter. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't that any of those things. So I'm going to follow you to the back not. of the hall in five seconds. <laughs> you can follow me. Try and stop me. Yeah. You're so followable, though. If everybody met Emma, they'd all want to follow her. Okay, what about what about uh, future projects? You're working on a screenplay right now. You just actually yeah, finished. I have. I was locked away on an island off the west coast of Ireland for a few months listening to Pilar's podcast. She was kind of my only friend for <laughs> long, solitary months. But I did manage to finish my first feature script. And now uh, I'm hoping to have another one done by the time the London Screenwriters Festival comes around in October. Okay, okay. we'll do an update then. Yeah, it'll be great. Well, you know what? If we do uh, another podcast from the actual festival in October, mm-hmm. will you be the producer again? Oh my gosh, I would love to. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks again to Judy. Very welcome. Thanks again to Emma. Thank you for listening. And you ready? Have, have a, a good, good writing, writing week. week.